Welcome to Study, Grow, Know, where we discuss theology, prophecy, and current political issues from a conservative biblical perspective. Here's your host, Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Hi, thanks for listening to me, Dr. Fred, and this is another episode of Study, Grow, Know. This is our second part called Rethinking Revelation 6, and it's the second part. Now, in my previous article, I shared that I've been rethinking the timetable related to the first several seals that are highlighted in Revelation um, 6. Now, I spoke mainly about the first seal, which is generally understood to be the coming of the Antichrist. I acknowledge that some folks believe this seal represents Jesus, but I don't see that. However, I could be wrong. I don't believe that I am the arbiter of biblical truth in all things. I wish I was, but I'm not. I'm simply sharing questions and concerns I have regarding the way it's always been interpreted. And uh, the final result and the final analysis is obviously up to each individual. Um, That said, one of the main points I made previously about this coming rider on the white horse in seal one is that he can't come on the scene out of nowhere and immediately gain a high office and from there become dictator of the world. It can't happen that way simply because of the way God has chosen to fulfill prophecies about Jesus as well as numerous other prophecies throughout scripture. And beyond this, there is a natural order to things that God has created and he'll no more allow Satan to bypass that natural order than he would allow any of us. He might do it for his own purposes and glory, but he's not going to allow necessarily others. He will work through things. But let's continue. There have, there's always been this element of time involved in fulfilling the many prophecies according, uh, according to Scripture and those that occur in Scripture. Certainly now, from God's perspective, as he is in the eternal dimension and not confined to or hampered by time as we are. So based on that, the fulfillment of prophecies are always before him, just as the cross of Christ is always before him. He sees all things at once, unlike us, in which we see the fulfillment from our perspective, and it takes time. And sometimes it takes quite a bit of time, especially if we look back and notice the things that have been fulfilled. Now, all of this is something that has caused me to pause and consider in the back of my mind for some time. The first seal is where this particular individual rides onto the world stage. Now, okay, but as what? An infant? A grown man? Now, obviously, this individual has to be born into this world. Not even Jesus simply appeared on the earth as a full-grown man, poof, out of nowhere, So it's possible that the first seal speaks of this Antichrist after he's become an adult and starts his climb to the top after years of working in the political realm yet within that first seal. And check this out. There is no specific situation mentioned that we can pinpoint on a timeline. Nothing that we can point to as the actual start of the tribulation. It's probably built into it, but it's not specifically noted. So unlike the particular scripture regarding the Antichrist, let's consider another scripture about Jesus that does have a similar sense, but is far more specific. Zechariah 9, 9 and 10 speaks of Jesus, but clearly in this passage, it speaks of him as a full-grown adult male. Listen carefully. 
Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the horse from Jerusalem. The battle bow shall be cut off. He shall speak peace to the nations. His dominion shall be from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. Now, think of Zechariah the prophet as he thought about those words and eventually wrote them down. What do you think he was thinking? Wouldn't it be fair to conclude that Zechariah believed the specifics of verse 9 referenced the coming king of Israel as a full-grown man when he would exercise his kingship? In fact, in those verses, verse 9, Zechariah provides a very specific event in time that would highlight Jesus. We do not have that in Revelation 6, 1-2. What we have there instead is a progressive timeline, something that would occur over a period of time, and we're not even given any sense of how long that would take to occur. If someone can point to Revelation 6, 1 and 2 and show unequivocally a tribulation starting point in those verses, I'd love to hear it. And yes, I am very clear about other portions of Scripture that do note the very start of the tribulation, but it appears that at that point, Antichrist has already established his position of leadership in the world, and we can refer to that in Daniel 9, 24-27. Revelation 6, 1-2 only provides us with a quick glimpse of how Antichrist manages that and what builds up to it. And again, it's going to take time. So, referencing Zechariah 9-9, no one in Israel expected their coming king to not be there one day, then all of a sudden ride into Jerusalem on a colt of a donkey the next. That's not the way God does things, and that's not the way verse 9 was fulfilled. In fact, it took a little over 33 years for verse 9 to be completely fulfilled, and yet verse 9 seems to point to one specific event in Christ's life occurring just days before he was killed unjustly. Now, at the same time, everyone who knew and understood Zechariah 9.9 also believed that there would be absolutely no gap between verses 9 and 10. They assumed Messiah would come, fulfill verse 9, and then immediately go on to fulfill verse 10. They didn't happen to see a gap that we know now, looking back, existed. And it didn't happen the way they expected because Jesus was rejected by the religious leaders of that day. So even when Scripture seems to tell us of very specific events and seems to indicate one will happen in quick succession after the one before it, it doesn't necessarily occur like that in our timeline. Again, though, since God resides in eternity, all of these things are always before him, so time is of little consequence to him, except to run our situation here on the earth. Now, in the case of the first seal of Revelation 6, here's what I'm seeing, and I want to be clear about this. I'm seeing a rider on a white horse, what John actually saw in the spiritual realm, not what actually takes place on this earth, that meant a particular guy was going to be released 
who already existed on earth and at the right time would begin to conquer people and nations through political means and intrigue and strategies. And this would occur over some length of time. How could it not? He will likely be very warm and friendly to many and have the uncanny ability to draw people to him. We talked about that last time. But is this the first seal? Is this the first seal talking about the, the time that this guy, the Antichrist, comes on the scene at first? Or is the first seal referring, referencing to the time that he begins or is even heavily involved in his climb to the top of the political heap? Well, the word conquering is a clue. That implies a period of ongoing activity, not a once for all time, not a, not a one pinpoint time on the timeline. It is not once for all in one specific moment of time occurrence. It is happening over a period of ongoing activity that builds. Now, I'm beginning to think that Revelation 6, 1 and 2 is referring to the important time in Antichrist's human life when he's either beginning to conquer politically early in his adult career, or it describes the time the Antichrist is already heavily involved in the political drama, conquering other politicians and or leaders of nations so that he can then position himself where he will ultimately be. And we know where he will ultimately be for a short period of time. But in either case, this actually could be in play now, now in 2023 at some level, because it seems to me to indicate a process, not one specific event. As conversely, when Jesus rode into Jerusalem on the cold, that that was one event that happened at a specific point in time. If this is the case, that the first seal unveils a process for Antichrist, then it is at some point during that process that the tribulation is initiated, but not specifically listed there in those two verses. So this means that the process undertaken by Antichrist must begin before the start of the tribulation, and we may well see Uh, begin seeing it, and we may well see some guy rise to the top of the heap. Now, remember, he is only revealed for who he is when he goes into the temple of God, declaring himself to be God, 2 Thessalonians 2. This is when his true satanic identity is understood by the Jews of Israel, who were taken unawares by his charm, flattery, intelligence, and seeming concern for the nation of Israel. That's what it means, I believe, for him to be revealed to the world. It's the world of the Jewish people that all of a sudden their eyes will be unblinded. Now, to reiterate, when I look at Revelation 6, 1 and 2, I'm not seeing a starting event that pinpoints the start of the tribulation in the text, though the starting point is made clear in Daniel 9, 24 to 27, and certainly could be implied in Revelation 6, 1 to 2. It is implied, I think, but not specifically stated because God chose to simply let us know that he released seal one, which begins the process Antichrist goes through to gain dominance over the world. Can you agree with me that this process is going to take a while? Probably a number of years. Antichrist will do enough conquering to give him the type of power he needs in order to be the guy who has power to decide 
that he will actually confirm the covenant that is in place spoken of by Daniel in Daniel 9, 24 to 27. When he does, that is the beginning of the tribulation. Again, though, what I see in the first seal in Revelation is the beginning of the process. So in and of itself, I do not see a start point of the tribulation in Revelation 6, 1 to 2. I believe it's in there, but not specifically pointed out. I see, moreover, a process that allows for the Antichrist to do the following. Arrive on the political scene as an adult male. Choose a career in politics. Become known to other political leaders and often be impressed by him. Gain insight into the system. Begin work to elevate himself because he'll be very narcissistic. He's not going to be happy to be low man on the totem pole. Eventually, conquering people, a process, bureaucrats, politicians, and leaders of nations, so that they admire him and want to follow his lead and certainly take him in to their inner circle. So then he will eventually get rid of three kings who try to withstand him. Gee, maybe David Rockefeller Jr. in the USA. He seems to run things here. And the two Rothschilds, one in the UK and the other one in Europe, would those be three kings? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Become top dog, having gained enough power to be the guy who decides whether or not the covenant of Daniel 9, 24 to 27 should be confirmed or not. And it will need to be in existence before he gets to that point. I don't see a covenant in existence right now. It could be there. Some people talk about the Abraham Accords. I don't really know. But whatever covenant is existing at the time, he confirms it. That's the start of the tribulation. And that's also when Christians will know that's the guy. Now, All of the above takes time. It cannot occur in one event on the timeline. I don't know where we are in the process because I cannot see behind the scenes into the spiritual realm, and no one else can either. Like everyone else, we are left to try to look at conditions in the world and determine if the Bible says anything about those things. I believe it does. I believe the Bible is very clear that we will be living in the days of Noah, the days of Lot prior to Christ's return, prior to the tribulation. And that's exactly what's happening now with transgenderism coming out of the woodwork. And the next thing on the agenda and the final nail in the coffin will be legalizing pedophilia, I believe. Now, beyond this, I don't even know if Antichrist has been born yet because I have no idea who he is and I have no idea of God's specific timeline. Though I do believe he has been born. But in this case, belief is not fact. If he has, then we are somewhere on the timeline above. But again, the question is, what exactly does the first seal refer to? In the case of Zechariah 9, 9, and 10, we know that because we're looking back at completed events, we know that, that verse 9 was referring to the day Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a foal of a donkey, a colt, just days before he was crucified. But Jewish people reading those two verses before Christ would have, would have seen them happening together, not separated by over 2,000 years. Verse 10 has not been fulfilled yet. It won't be fulfilled until he returns. Now, if I, if I saw a starting point in Revelation 6, 1-2 with the action specifically pointing to the same confirmation of covenant that Daniel points to, then it would be far easier to understand that Revelation 6, 1-2 is referring to that specific action. It could be doing that. It could be built into it, implied. 
But I'm simply saying it is difficult for me, at least, to know. I don't see it. Because of this, the verse can be taken several ways. Either it's outlining how the Antichrist will win people to his side over the years of hobnobbing and work, or the verse speaks specifically of the time when he will actually conquer enough people to grant him power to make unilateral political decisions. I hope, I hope I'm making myself clear here. There is simply so much we do not know. And God has not told us. And the more I study scripture where future prophecy is concerned, the more difficult I find it is to create specific timelines. Consider the prophets of the Old Testament and how much they could not see because God didn't reveal it to them. Well, he hasn't revealed everything to us either. These are basic guidelines. Now, in essence, if the Antichrist is released into this world through birth, just as Jesus was, it would be decades before he would have the ability to power himself up through the ranks to gain the amount of power needed to run things in the political realm. A reader wrote me after my first installment and asked if I thought Antichrist would be about Jesus's age. I tend to think so for the same reason she does, because Satan is going to try to impersonate God and he'll want to bring forward a man that could fit over the prophetic narrative regarding Christ and even resemble in many ways Jesus himself, the way he worked, the way he spoke, etc., etc., to confuse the masses on one hand. And at the same time, make them believe that Antichrist is the guy, not Jesus, who actually fulfills Scripture. Well, anyway, these are simply my, my thoughts, meanderings, musings, whatever you'd like to call them. Give them some thought. Again, I want to stress, I could be wrong about this. I don't think I'm wrong about the fact that Revelation 6, 1 and 2 simply reveals a process progress over time. It does not reveal a specific instance. And because it does not reveal a specific instance, it does also not reveal a specific start time and date for or event that starts the tribulation. Well, in my next part, I may either wrap this first seal up or simply move on to seal two. I know I introduced that in the first part, but we're going to go deeper into that. And that seal removes peace from the earth. So until we meet again, I pray that God will open your eyes and show you just how much he loves you. Thanks. You've been listening to Study, Grow, Know with Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Please join us each week for new broadcasts that deal with theology, prophecy, and political issues from a biblical, conservative perspective. 